3: Living like you're living Living like you're, living. Living like you're living. in the baby, Lost in your dream people. Yeah. Ghetto people Stop giving up your self-respect Stop it Talking to my people Yeah I can take some strange turns on you Living with the pain a day that's not worth having. Chances on the shore falls a breeze We'll never come back Let's go.
1: of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymere, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zungay, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankarae at Timbuktu an outstanding educational institution. So we poured a libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashay. we poured a libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Mark Vesey, Harriet Tuttman. We always resisted and we will always resist. So we pour this libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We pour this libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. Shim Hotep means going peace. Good morning, African World. You're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network, on time for an and BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi Hotep. Family, hope everything is well for you today. Hope you're going to have a good day today. Get a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. Hoping too that the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But of course, if it is not. And it has to get done. You will get it done. Because that's the kind of brother and sister that you is. And that's why we have much love and respect for you. Keep getting it done, family. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, 8 to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at Time for an Awakening. Dot .com At the top of the page you'll see podcast click on that the drop down you'll see African perspectives click on that and there will be programs that are dated and titled and it is up to date February programs are there so just go to com but of course you can also use a shortcut that's right whatever search engine you use Google um, Firefox I don't know. Time for, a to me, time for an awakening. Black, Black Talk Radio Net. Whatever. Put in the search. Babaoshi.net. B A B A O S H I.net. Babaoshi.net. And there will be programs that are dated and titled. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening Media. This program, once again, is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And, of course, all times are going to give our Eastern Times Black Reality Think Tank. We'll be coming back with Brother Alfonso Watkins, giving honor to our good brother, Dr. William Rogers, and the fine work that he has done with not just Black Talk, uh, not just with Black Reality Think Tank, but other programming that he had here on Time for an Awakening. And uh, we're in the process of planning his memorial. It'll be in August, his birthday, August 5th. And so you'll know all about it. On Fridays, Friday at 8 p.m., it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard on Fridays. And then Saturday at 7 p.m. from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council. And then once again, back on Sunday at 7 p.m., Time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And, of course, the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We Buy Black. We Buy Black. The largest online marketplace for American and African-owned businesses is WeBuyBlack.com. Get everything you need from American and African-owned businesses. WeBuyBlack.com. Africa for the Africans. Africa for the Africans, Brother Bomani Tahimba is ready to, once again to take a group of our people home to the motherland so they can have an experience of a lifetime. This time, it will be March 30th, this month. The 30th of this month to April 9th. March 30th to April 9th. Senegal and Gambia. Going to Senegal and Gambia. May 24th to June 5th to Ghana. July 20th to July 30th, Rwanda. November 16th to November 27th, Tanzania. December 24th to January 4th, 2024. Azania. March 29th to April 9th. Liberia. July 11th to July 23rd. Ghana. December 2nd. Excuse me. November 21st to December 2nd. Kemet. Some good trips planned. And of course, they're very affordable. Once you go on the website, Africa40Africas.org, everything you need is right there. All the necessary paperwork, documentation, uh, visas, shots, you name it, it's all right there for you, family. Even if you don't go on one of his tours and you're thinking about going to Africa, please go to africafortheafricans.org. If you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to facebook.com forward slash bomani If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to youtube.com forward slash bomani 2007 Africa for the Africans. Dot org habasha helping africa by establishing schools at home and abroad habasha incorporated dot org brothers and sisters they're doing the work they're doing the work here in the atlanta area with the habasha works program blacks to our roots sustainable seeds golden growers and urban green jobs also too they have established the kashi project it was launched back in uh, october of last year Uh, The buildings are up. I mean, everything is ready and set to go and they're doing it with sustainable agriculture, you know, entrepreneurship, beautiful buildings. Brothers and sisters, Habershaw Incorporated.org. Ledge Group. Ledge stands for the land for the environmental development for group economics. Ledge land for the environmental development for group economics the ledge group works in the four areas of human necessity human existence which is food water clothing and shelter they have 12 projects on six countries on the continent with over 170 employed and over 260 members brothers and sisters become a member of the ledge group abibi to me a-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I, abibiotome.com. Brothers and sisters, go to make it fit You also can listen to this program through abibiotome.com. All right. They uh, have a conference coming up in July, July 7th. July 7th through the 9th in Ghana. And uh, for more information, go to the website. And I'm going to try to get some people... Somebody represent Wb Atumi to talk about the conference, what's going to be happening. Abibiatumi.com dot com. They have all kinds of programs. How you can make it on African soil. Brother, uh, brother Kamban, he has a program coming up uh, uh, from the University of Ghana, and it's going to start. Uh, it's going to be on. Saturday, October, October tenth. Yep, how you can make it on African soil? A to Tumi cast study, a case study. Yes, African thought, why it matters. All kind of stuff on BBATumi.com Family, a BibiAtumi dot com. A B I B I T U M I dot com. It's my pharmacy. It's my pharmacy. Brothers and sisters, contact Brother Jabril if you are thinking about developing a program for yourself for the uh, new year to make yourself more healthier, to get rid of some of the poisonous drugs that you have been taking, you know, and you really want to do it, give him a call at 770-765-7761. That's 770- Seven six five seven seven five one. 7751 Pharmacy. If you want to drop him an email, drop him an email at smipharmacy at gmail.com. That's S-M-A-I F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail.com. SMI Pharmacy. The Moses West Foundation. Go to the moseswestfoundation.org and you'll see the Jackson Rescue Project that is going on right now that Jackson, as you know, Jackson, Mississippi has been suffering for quite a few months. And there are other cities as well. Uh, Brother had his machine in Flint. Now, what was great was Brother Apollo, who works with Brother Moses West, sent me some pictures. And uh, a new machine is more compact. I mean, man. And he's going to be doing some aquaponics, so I'm excited. Um, he was going to be my guest Friday, but uh, this Friday is the first Friday, first Friday of each month. Uh, we're going to be talking with the Pan African Federalist Movement. So we'll be talking about Pan Africanism, family. That's right. That's what this program's about. And but um, Brother Apollo sent me some pictures of brand new machines. They look beautiful, man. I tell you, you know. Brother Moses West is just outstanding. Family, just a good brother, really good man. In fact, I'm saying this, and I mean it. If anybody should win a Nobel Peace Prize, it should be this brother. He's providing water, he, and he's trying his best not to, you know, commodify it. He's just trying to have water so people can have water. You know, water's a necessity. That's that's the situation that happened with him in. In in um, La- um in uh, Miss Mich- in Michigan, mm-hmm. yeah, in Flint, the guy wanted to say, "Hey, wait a minute, we need to sell this water." And Moses said, "No, now nah, we can't. People ain't got money to be paying for water. We need to find ways to have them have water ongoing free." And so they had to stop using the machine. The machine went. Back to him in Chicago to be retooled and then sent down to Jackson, Mississippi, where he's been providing water for months now, you know, and you can see that on uh, on the website moseswestfoundation.org all right, us lifting us, us lifting us, the economic development cooperative for our people in the spirit. Of Ujamaa. And yeah. the Thursday night broadcast tomorrow night on Blog Talk Radio from 9 to 10, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU. The number to call where you can call to listen or give questions, comments, or concerns is 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Us Lifting Us, the Economic Development Cooperative for Our People. Homeland Village. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia, 2910 Napier Avenue. They're open Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. And they got it all. They got furniture, clothing, jewelry, um, oils, beauty products, incense, D- CDs, DVDs, books, Pan-African fashions. You name it, Brother Abija's got it going on. They even have a vegan restaurant on the premise. That's right. Go to Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Get Brother Abija, call at 478 256 Two five six one one six six, The Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Yeah. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar, located in the West End here in Atlanta. I'm Ralph David Abernathy. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar, the number to call us 404 444 1635. 404 444 1635. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. We want to thank Mama Nia again for allowing us to present the african Center program that we did and look forward to other programs as well. Give Mama Nia a call at 404-346-3263. 404-346-3263. She has postcards, greeting cards, uh, gift certificates, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Man, T-shirts, the Medu Bookstore in the Green Mall. The other bookstore we promote is the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar, located in Lithonia, just off of I 20 East. Exit 74. Go about a mile down. Make a left, going north. About a mile down. And uh, on the left will be the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar. Brother Gazim Dejamo. Give him a call at 770 305 6373. That's 770 770- three oh five six three seven three there is light in the black dot jump back on the expressway going east on i-20 the next exit exit 75 turner hill road make a right go down three lights make another right and on the left will be the new black wall street market the new black wall street market family Sun got a sense. Sun got a sense your one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia. It's inside the International Discount Mall, booth 225. That's my good sister Shelly Amond said. Check her out, give her a call at 404-434-7963. 404-434-7963. Sun got a sense. Your one-stop natural shop. Sanjay-Haiti, Sister Gabrielle Aurelio, she has been doing outstanding work with young people in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti. As you know, they rely on the good people like us, who will be able, who, will, who will be willing to do something to help the young people in Haiti. Go to Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash, A Y I T I dot org. Sanjay-Haiti dot org and see if you can help the people out, those young brothers and sisters. Baba Baruti, we have a, they have a program this Saturday. Yeah, this Saturday it's a, this is uh, this one that was canceled family and it's the uh fundamentals, the rights fundamental, rights of passage program, you know. And Baba Baruti is, of course, he, he's prolific. He really is in writing and presentations. He's outstanding. This Saturday is from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. From 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Baba Baruti, uh, the, the prog- it's going to be at the Black Dot. So if you're uh, out and about at that time, you can check it out at the Black Dot. Bookstore and cultural center and coffee bar, in sixty nine eighty four on Main Street in Lithonia. Ten dollars per person donation, and it's going to be live streamed. And uh, and then, so if if if, if you want to check it out on the stream, inc- include the pertinent information, rights fundamentals, your name, your email address, so they can send you the link. And you can check it out, all right, all right. and then uh, in in May a, a quotation for reparations ofudi. We'll be doing a presentation May six, May six. And uh, doesn't say where it's going to be. If it's going to be anywhere, it just may be a presentation from the place, and, it's, and you and you get it uh, through uh, through streaming. Because it's, it is part of the gentlemen's, the men's gathering, the monthly gathering. So the, the 14th quarterly men's gathering. So make your donation: ten dollars, five dollars for warriors and training via PayPal, via PayPal, Yabarudia, Yahoo, or Cash App. Cash app, dollar sign, YAH, the letter M, Baruti. And to make sure you include the pertinent information, reparations, reparations. And the other piece is um, your name and your email address so they can send you the link. All right. Baba Baruti and Mama YAH. And her her topic is, um, topic is forgive, release, and live. And of course, they got a uh, complementarity that's going to be in June. So that's Baba Baruti and Mamaya Yah doing their sovereignty work. All right. The Inya Sasim of Daily Revolutionary Thought, family. The Inya Sasim of Daily Revolutionary Thought. February 28th. We have had our thinkers, our visionaries, our revolutionaries, and even our African sovereigntists. We must not be afraid to listen, to think, and to act. We must honor them. Dr. Marimba Ani, my good sister, she's back from from her stay here, extended stay in Ghana. I can't wait to talk to her. The successful outcome of our nationalist movement is sovereignty for African people. Being sovereign means having absolute control over the life of the nation. Right now, as always, for African people, sovereignty is measured by how intelligently, independently, and powerfully we control our resources, our story, our culture, time, space, and destiny. It is to have the power within the nation to control our lives and to control them in our best interest, regardless of opposition from outside. Accordingly, being sovereign has to mean that there is no one beyond us who makes any decisions about how we rule ourselves, how we live, what we believe, how we deal with enemies, whether aliens or traitors, and how we visualize our future and communicate and express that vision it means that we are completely and consciously self-defining self-determining self-empowered and self-respecting and since no nation has ever risen to power and stayed there without holding their own tradition sacred african sovereignty necessarily means that we must that we know respect protect and extend in time through every coming generation who we are as a direct reflection of our ancestors. African sovereignty is our ultimate goal. Affirm, I listen to, think about, and act accordingly to the thinkings of our frontline visionaries. Affirm, I listen to our frontline visionaries. March 1st. Blessed are those who struggle. Oppression is worse than the grave. It is better to live for a noble cause than live and die a slave. The last poets. Nation building starts when individuals and their families develop their knowledge base and talents to join with others like individuals and families. For these, increasingly larger, extended families, communities will form because we recognize the immensity of our struggle to regain ourselves as African people and the forces which quickly militarize against any highly visible, undeveloped, massive nation-building effort. We know that we must start small and sure. We recognize that public advertising, mass-organizing, loud voices, and and flamboyancy have done little but serve individual egos and set us up as easy targets for imperialistic predators. Therefore, we know that if we are to be successful in this critical endeavor, we must quietly do the work of building the foundation of a nation that will close ranks gradually over the coming generations. It is no secret that this will be difficult a difficult struggle. The wisdom of African teaches us that when a stick is bent too far in one direction, it will have to be bent even further in the other direction in order for it to again become straight. So if we are to do this right, we must value the lessons that come through the weight of many generations it will take to turn our families back into a nation. I say affirm I'm an intrepid nation builder. Infirm I am an intrepid nation builder, brothers and sisters, the Inya Sasim of Daily Revolutionary Thought. Brothers and sisters, I am honored today and pleased to have as a guest a gentleman who I have heard many times and met and uh he agreed to come onto the program and uh he has a lot of good information. This brother's multi talented and uh man he does a lot. He does he really does. Uh in, in fact um when when I first heard him was at uh Umar Johnson in, in um in Macon, Georgia. Umar Johnson's presentation. And he was talking about low riders and I'm like, I thought that was Latinos that did that, you know? But, uh, oh, man, this cat is... And, of course, uh, a lot of other things that Brother T.J. Lofton does. He's an economic futurist. Brothers and sisters, um, I present. Brother T.J. Lofton, good afternoon. Oh, good morning. Brother T.J. family? How are you? I'm doing well, brother. How are you doing? Blacknificent. Blacknificent. I love it. <laughs> yes, oh, sir. Yes, yeah. right, sir. Tell us... Um, um um give us a little quick synopsis of you as a uh, you know i know you've done so many things brother you know and uh where are you from and you know i know that uh you, you you deal in economics you're an economic specialist you deal with gentrification land development real estate futuristic cities you know you consult you yeah train and coach and, and, and like I said, I heard you speak about the low riders. You know, was that back in California where they're pretty much famous at?
2: Yeah, that was definitely started off in Compton, California, and uh, where I grew up at, and definitely, uh, yeah, that's where I started off at. So I grew up in Compton, uh, had a lot of amazing people Gary May, Terry Carter, Homer Walters, restoring those classic cars in my neighborhood that you know i can see and you know as a young man we all want something to do so those guys with those cars were cool so i'm like well hey i want to hang out with them and right on so i did you know i did that that's when we had the trades
1: brother yeah <laughs> you know yeah, no, the we're, trades we're, are serious in fact that's what needs to happen you know brothers and sisters yeah. need to get off into these trades be a electrician you know a, a mason and so forth yeah yeah.
2: So I, so I grew up where, where the older brothers would teach the younger brothers how to do stuff, you know, yeah. and lucky, lucky for me that I got to learn from some, some iconic leaders in the automotive industry on how to do, how to build these cars and it pathwayed into me having my own business doing it, you know, Beautiful. but of course, when it comes, when, you know, I also got to see the chance, the opportunity where I saw the community coming together and, practicing cooperative economics and build some shopping centers within our communities so that, you know, to curb the gang violence, you know, people mm-hmm. going into the wrong neighborhood trying to get their mom some milk, you know, or something, something, something something, that their mom wanted from the grocery store and that was in the wrong neighborhood. So mm-hmm. I got to witness the brothers buy some land and build out some shopping, build some brand new shopping centers from the ground up. So I learned how to read blueprints and, you know, all the way from find the dirt, all the way to so we hire a little Pookie to work the cash register?
1: Right on, <laughs> you know? beautiful. We're, now cool. tell me because I, I mentioned that many times. Um, I remember a, a, a Reverend Doctor Leon Sullivan. They built a shopping center in, in Philadelphia. You know, he was with the OIC Opportunities Industrialization Center, and they built a shopping center in Philadelphia. You know, and it was all us. You know, wow. at, at this time, it's not all us. But it's still in existence. Right. It's still in existence. But it, you know, and then I I, I you know. seen in Milwaukee firsthand. You know, we we built an area um, where there was a motor lodge or a hotel, you know, motel, whatever, uh, sir, uh, bowling alley, a, a nightclub, a, a supermarket, even a liquor store. All of that failed, brother. I was so sad. It was so, and I, and I ain't talking about of extended time. It failed within years, a few years, you know, and I was just hurt by that because I believe in, in, you know, doing for self. I believe. You know,
2: ours, ours did not fail. Okay. Ours was part of a systematic strategy. They came in and bought off the majority of the black businesses out in Compton, California, Los Angeles. You know, it's kind of like what's going on with Ukraine right now. Okay. They bought in, they bought the Koreans in in the early seventies. I don't know if you remember the Korean sure. War and all that stuff going yeah. on. So they bought the Koreans in, and all of a sudden these Koreans started paying black people money that we could we had not made. Or right, was, you know, like yeah. business grossing five hundred thousand, mm-hmm. they came in there and to give you five million for it. Yeah, you know, people were like wow, I'll never see another opportunity like that. You know, not thinking about the loan game.
1: Right, know. that's the thing. I think that's. Uh, that's, that's that part that hurt me because not thinking about the long game, you know, because they did the yeah, same they- thing in Milwaukee. Uh, um, the Arabs, Arabs came in because we got those stores. See, I'm old enough to remember when the European Jews had those stores or Caucasians had those stores. And then we got them in the mid to late 60s into the 70s. But the 80s came and and, 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 and their children who I guess they felt, you know, they too good for that to work like that. And then wanted to go work in the office someplace. They didn't want to uh, take the store over, and so they sold the store to the Arabs. And and
2: no, uh... so, you know, and that that right there is a part of a, a
1: strategy. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, people people always say college is a great thing, and I'm, I'm not here to blast college, but I'm just going off of the facts and what what happened. Where did everybody go? You know, when grandpa, mom and dad had the family business and they paid, you know, the goal was we, we were sitting here making five six $600,000 a year running our little mom and pop mini market, beauty salon, et cetera, et cetera, barbershop, et cetera. And we're thinking that we wanted our children to come home and take this business to the next level. Right. Kind of like a McDonald's. Like we want to turn mm-hmm. this into 3,000 uh, franchises, you know? Mm-hmm. So let's send the children off to get hired, get some education and come home. But the thing is, they didn't come home. They didn't want to come home. That's embarrassing, coming back to a little mom-and-pop store, you know. They want to go work for Google or something. So Mm -hmm. it's about teaching our children the values and the power behind ownership, you know. So now I'm lucky to have witnessed, just like yourself, I was able to witness what cooperative economics amongst us look like as a people because I step back and I look at this 2000. 23 education that's being pumped into the communities about oh just forget having us a brick and mortar just invest your money in Google mm. invest in they pay a higher return you ain't you ain't gonna make that kind of money mm. so we start doing stuff like that now we look at the lack of ownership I come into the communities here in Georgia I'm like we don't there's so many vacant boarded up buildings out here commercial buildings but I look at where where I come from in Compton we had all those lowrider shops, transmission shops, muscle shops, because that's the infrastructure for the classic car industry. And we own a lot, all those, those, those buildings. It is hard to find a vacant building in, in uh, Los Angeles because they're all filled with businesses, black-owned businesses. You know, So I see the difference between a, a city of people who've who gone off to higher education and don't come back home versus the ones that stayed home and just ran businesses. We own all the real estate, and that's why they're having such a hard time gentrifying South Central Los Angeles, Compton uh, and Watts. You know, it's yeah. like they've been at war with us.
1: Right, <laughs> especially the Latinos. I heard how they were just, you know, trying to take over uh, Compton, you know.
2: Well, you know you know where they get their money from. So yeah. they're coming in there real deep pockets, just right. like the corporation, just like the hedge fund. They're mm-hmm. coming in paying cash, yeah. and it's making it difficult. You know, so that's why we're, we're at war. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we got real estate. I call it real estate warfare. Mm-hmm. You know, my guys can come up, the business owners there. We can come up with the money, but it turns into a, 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 a what do you call it, a bidding war. Right. Which doesn't
1: help. No, because you know, your pockets so are, are not as deep as theirs. Talk to him, Brother TJ, about uh, uh, what's happening, because that's happening across the country. It's happening big time here in Atlanta. In fact, one of the Atlanta local stations did a piece on it where uh, some Black families were trying to buy a home, but they can't compete with the corporates who right. have deep pockets. Right.
2: You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and see, that's what I've been telling people for years. I, I remember sitting back with Dr. Sabie. We were talking about this because that was another one of my coaches. You know, I was his leading advisor. And we were just sitting back talking about this conversation in 2012, 13, mm-hmm because i heard that they, I figured out by 2021 22 that there wouldn't be no more black people in LA at the pace that things was going. Okay. The high prices, you know, and I I found out that they had they had given the strategy down to us to the black community and to our fake so-called leaders and they said they corrected me one day. They said, "No, TJ, it's vision it's called vision 2020. They plan on having the black out here by 2020."
1: Man. out of L.A. And
2: I was like, that, huh. that ain't going to happen on my watch. <laughs> I heard that, brother. <laughs> so I begged my people double down and buy more real estate, mm-hmm. you know, like Elon Musk moved, Tesla moved into my neighborhood, our neighborhood right there in Compton. I mean, in Hardline, which is like a rock throw across the street to L.A. and Compton and Watts. And I told my people, y'all make sure y'all buy everything up in this neighborhood. And that was kind of why he, had re- why he left California back then, hmm. because he could not. His business. He could not get the parking he needed because we owned all that land around oh, Facebook. Right there. on. So,
1: right on. Yeah.
2: So, yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: yeah. So that's what I tell people. People don't really understand. They look at me like, oh, I, I wrote this book about real estate. You know, they look, they think I'm just like my auntie does real estate. My cousin's a real estate broker. Y'all don't need to listen to you. I'm like, no, brother, sister, I'm a battleground real estate person. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm about protecting the community. I understand the loan game. You yeah, know, I understand I what it means by corporate expansion. So when Trump came in office and started talking about sanctions and tariffs and, and they better make it here in America, I understood. I, I didn't understand. I understand what that meant. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really started my tour of traveling the country like, hey, y'all, we got to get in position. We need to buy this stuff while we can. And I I just looked at people. They were looking at me like, why are you in that neighborhood over there by Tyler Perry studio? That's a bad area. You crazy. You crazy. I'm like, are y'all crazy? Do You know, in LA, you can't get a house near a studio for less than two two million dollars for a two bedroom house. You know, two bedroom. You'd be house. lucky to find that, man. You'd be lucky to find yeah. that. So I'm like, y'all, that houses. So that's what I say. When I get to travel around the country, it's kind of like I'm I'm coming from the future. I'm coming back here. Say, so, hey, y'all. Let's mm-hmm. get ready. This is what's going to happen in the future.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I need y'all to get in position. Right. But people are looking. You know, so we got to understand the power of travel. When someone comes back from a different state that's more expensive and say, hey, y'all, this is about to happen. Y'all need to restructure and get ready. Hmm. And, and I came back. They looked at that as a tack on college. I said, look, we got to get the trade. We got to get the, uh, get these kids in school so they can learn how to build. Right. Because there's going to be a lot of money in, in, in construction. You know, and they're looking at, oh, the trades ain't winning. Everybody ain't a business owner, and I'm like, come on, man, it's about survival. It's about not just surviving; it's about living good. Mm-hmm. Because in California, it's like in California and New York, if you make less than one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars,
1: you qualify for food. Right, you poor. If you, yeah, and that's deep, say, ain't
2: it? That's
1: a lot of money, though, say, man. Yeah, they
2: got, they got a, I got a list. Mm-hmm. I got a list that I teach my students about what I'm doing my presentations. It says if you make. Between a hundred to four hundred thousand, you're comfortably poor. You, you hear what I said, brother? So now, when you take that our 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 traditional education, higher education, and you compare it to that, we don't even make it to the hundred. Eighty percent no. of us, eighty percent of our people that graduate with higher education, right. They don't even make a hundred thousand. That's true. That's you know, one percent. It's, it's only one percent make over a hundred thousand. So. They still don't make enough. But when I say they make over 100000 they may make on a high end. Mm-hmm. They may say, hey, my name is Dr. something, and they may make 250000 But you see, that's still comfortably poor. You know, you're not coming out with that kind of money saying I'm going to buy a house in Los Angeles. In the next year or so, you ain't going to hear nobody named Dr. in LA unless they're a brain surgeon or a, or, or, uh, what do you call it, a uh, uh a plastic surgeon or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. But it's, the real estate is too expensive. And that's what I tell people. We've been bamboozled because we were never taught how real estate or Most people were never taught. I was taught, you know, but most people don't have the knowledge I have. They don't understand, they don't mm-hmm. understand how this thing works. Mm-hmm. And I look at the, the education that's being taught to us. We are being bombarded with all these people talking about flipping the houses, the tax liens, right. and my wholesalers. And I'm like, but I very rarely hear the the words, uh, long, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, what do you call it, uh, the long game, I'm a, I'm a hold, sit and hold. We don't sell the real estate, we sit and hold it. But I look at these people who are teaching us, everybody's a real estate guru, but how come I'm like thinking to myself, why is it that they're not saying, if you're a seasoned real estate person that we claim we are, that they claim they are, why are they not talking about the trade
4: mm-hmm. and
2: putting our people in position? Because I'm
5: looking,
2: I think we got some static or something. No, I got I'm looking at, mm-hmm. okay, I'm looking at these people like in LA, for example. You know, Jay Z and Beyonce went out there and bought an $88 million house. They had a budget of, a, of $50 million, but
1: they couldn't find anything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See, that wasn't enough money. To move that wasn't there. enough they money. That's, that's man, yes. TJ, that's deep, man. Yeah, so
2: so then you got Oprah. She went out there and bought a $90 million house, and they got, it. They, they got in early, brother. Now you got Bezos coming there. He paid $165 million, and then you got another person that came in and spent a half a billion dollars on a mansion out there. And that, see, we don't understand the effects of that. You know, we got to overstate that That stuff's going to spill over into our community if they start. When houses get that high, that that spills over into our communities because now you got to understand that the real estate prices in 20, 30, 40, 50 miles from there are going to go up crazy. They're going to go skyrocket and they're going to be two or three million dollars, 30, 40 miles away from those areas, you know. And now that's why I say most people are packing and pulling up anchor and taking off and coming out to Georgia, Alabama, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, Florida. And I'm telling people, y'all got to get ready. And yeah. this is what ready looks like. But the biggest thing that we can be doing is go back to the trade, learn how to build, get our construction license, and say, hey, uh, uh, I want to be the one that builds that house for the next celebrities that move here.
1: You or, know what I'm saying? Or, or, if, build, if, a, if, or build a subdivision so
2: we have some affordable housing
1: yeah. for our people. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. Mm-hmm. If I, if if Oprah gave me that deal to build her ninety million dollar
1: mansion, I can come. I can afford to come back and build a subdivision with no problem. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We do because, you know uh, when I first moved here, uh, I was in Tucker, in the in the DeKalb County, and and I had uh, my right shoulder had a rotator cuff problem. Now my left shoulder does, and I got to see a doctor this month but um um uh, in that area near the uh the the hospital uh, on on the cash street and Lawrenceville highway are indians you know and and in yep. that yep. area the indians and they have a strip mall they have a strip mall where they have a a, a clothing store a furniture store of course they got jewelry they have a restaurant, a sit-down restaurant, a takeout restaurant, a convenience store, and a supermarket. Everything is right there. Everything yep. is right there. And I'm saying to myself, we can't do this. Oh, yeah, we could. But do we have the well, right see, mind how, to maintain it?
2: Well, see, that's how I grew up, though. Okay. I grew up shopping centers. We had, like, 10 shopping centers with 10 barbershops, 10 beauty salons, 10 mini markets, 10, 10 record shops, 10 one-hour photos. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. That's how I up. Well, it was all black owned. Yeah. That is how I grew up. Man. And that's all I saw. But then I started seeing they came in with a systematic plan and strategy to buy us out.
4: Mm-hmm. And a lot
2: of people sold. But the rest of the guys who did not sell, those developers went on to become billionaires. You know, mm-hmm. Those are some of our biggest developers in, in the in the country is those guys that kept, that kept building houses.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Now I can tell you about people who got certain education... That's still in debt to this day, right? Because they got married and <laughs> right. students. Mm-hmm. So I have a perfect example of what works versus what don't work. You mm-hmm. know, I know doctors that owe five hundred thousand that that live in big homes that are doing very well, but they still got that five hundred thousand on their student loans, mm-hmm. still on their credit. You know what I mean? And it's, it's just not trying to blast things, but I am trying to say. We have to pay attention to what's going on because I, I know you heard it. They said by 2053, African-American wealth will be zero. Yeah. And then, by, and then, but what most people don't know is they added, They when COVID came, they added, they dropped the number from 2053 to right. 2035. Right. So I was about to say got, that. You're right. And the sad part about it is I see it. I see it because of the cost of real estate. I have so mm-hmm. many people coming to me every day saying man i wish i wish i wish i would have listened to you you told us back in the days, that i didn't and i wish i would have i should have and i'm like it's you know now you got to move
4: mm-hmm.
2: because you didn't get in position people don't take life serious i'm like you should not you should hold off on that brand new mercedes you know to mm-hmm. go ahead and buy you a piece of a house and they want to wait until they can afford to get what they want to buy and I'm like it's not about what you want to buy it's what it's you about can buy you can buy today yeah what you can because right so-
1: now yeah
2: so the people who bought house the people who who said I want a four bedroom house you know a four bedroom house with a backyard so I'm going to wait. you know they 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 could have bought the the uh two bedroom condo for say for example 200,000 and they get a, a three bedroom condo today or townhome, but they didn't want that. They wanted to wait for the four and five bedroom house. Mm-hmm. Now the money, but that was four hundred thousand, for example. So mm-hmm. now, because they waited, now they can now they can only afford to buy that that four that two bed three bedroom townhouse. That's four hundred thousand now.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: the house is seven and eight hundred. You know, right? So y'all waited and put yourselves. People wait and put themselves in a the worse situation. You know what I'm saying like they they, they even matter now because they, they yeah. just pay two hundred thousand yeah. dollars more for exactly. something that they did the first place,
1: and then and then you know, there but, are some who are who want to buy, who who cannot afford to buy, and when they see something, they they're outbid by corporations who have yeah. deep pockets, you know, and I'm talking about exactly. corporations that are not in the Atlanta area or in the area where one might want to buy. They might be hedge fund people who have serious wealth out of New York.
2: Man, they, they got people coming from around the world. We got countries buying up America. We got Canada over here buying up American real estate. We got Japan and China over here buying large parcels, large bulk parcels of land because they overstood the language when they knew what was about to happen when they said, when Trump came in talking that tariffs and sanctions, they know we better buy what we can while we can. So they put their money there. And that's another problem I have with us. You know, these corporations, the Googles, the Facebooks, the Apples, they've taken their money and they they know they better buy this land while they can because they changed the platform in America. It's no longer going to be ownership. It's going to be rental. So they want, they know that they better buy what they can because if you don't own the no land, you will not be able to expand. Just like I said, we blocked Elon Musk back in the days, keep him from expanding. You see what I'm saying? They know that if they don't buy this land right now, they won't be able to expand. So what they're doing is they're turning around, they're sending people into our community that look like us, and our com- our leaders, so-called leaders, and they're teaching business and they're talking black talk. Keep keeping the money in the community and cooperative economics and support our black businesses, but then turn right around and say, let me teach you about stocks. Well, I'm mm-hmm. like, and then the first person comes up is Google, Apple, and Facebook, so we invest our money into them, they invest their money into those companies, and then they turn right back around and take our money and come back in our communities and gentrify us with it. And I said, we have to really overstand business to overstand what is happening out here. You know these guys; they've been they've had a four hundred year head start on how to manipulate us, if that makes sense. You know yeah. they plan they've been they've spent a lot of years thinking about how to how to have us do it to us, if that makes sense. You yeah. know, so I look I look at the things that's going on, and I look at myself as a speaker. You know, they know I understand what's going on, but then they'll turn around and try to try to block me from speaking in
1: a certain places, How about that? Wow. You yeah.
2: know, but Yeah, yeah they like to Well, but he but,
1: but not because you're you're informing the people exactly what's going on. A lot of people don't, you know, just like Marvin Gaye's song from back in the back in the early 70s, you know, what's going on. You know.
2: Man, he, he, he ain't got a clue. Of, he, he still
1: what
6: was happening. Yeah. You
2: know, but I've been I've been doing great, brother. A lot of people un- Unfortunately for us, we wait until until it's, it's kind of too late in certain areas yeah. like in California. It's too late to, to, to say, oh, you was right. You know what I'm saying? So now they all on board. But I'm like, look, you, you know, you got AK gunshot wounds. It's too late. We can't save you, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too I tried to get you to safety earlier. Now all I can do is move you now. Hey, Atlanta, you know, you can go to Macon or something out that way and find something affordable, you know? Mm-hmm. But we have to pay attention to real leaders, you know? Most importantly, I've been doing very well speaking on the ide- how to identify a person with real information versus a person who just sounds really good, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we got people who coming in, they talk a lot of language, and I be looking at my friends, and I'm like, I don't know what the heck they talking about, but these are real talking about serial entrepreneurship and all of these big terms. This sounds so good. And I'm like, I'm looking at my buddies and we're looking at each other. I'm like, do you do that? <laughs>
4: I'm
2: like, what is that? <laughs> what is and that? Are, So they come up with all this language mm-hmm. to make it sound good. So you'll go and want to bring them in to speak. You'll want to go take their classes. You'll want to, you know, run your life because of the way they said it. But the reality is these people are really just a distraction. They're just distracting us from the distracting people from the real money, from what's really happening. That's like they say in 2012. I was talking about land development, buying dirt, and building shopping centers and building affordable housing. And then I look at what's being taught to us. We we've, we've been talking about flipping, tax liens, and all other kinds yeah. of stuff. Wholesale. Now here we are in 2022. They started all of a sudden. Now the gig is up. So now they're coming in with a watered down version of a. Uh, of a land development
1: now. So then, what does it look like? What does it does it look like the the 2030 2035? Because here we are What's in 2023, the, the the worst conditions happening for our people. Our people are being uh, unable to afford homes, particularly on the West Coast and East Coast, but even in the Midwest, where where home values have been deemed to be affordable, you know, especially in the Midwest where I'm from I'm from Milwaukee you know and in in Ohio Illinois and so forth supposedly at that time this is like about 10 years ago I'm saying the, the best affordable housing for the money big nice brick houses and so forth were in the midwest Detroit Cleveland you know and and, and so is that is, is that going to happen if, number 1 people are moving from those places you know right but, nobody go ahead I'm sorry. No, I did not mean to interrupt. Go ahead, brother. No, no, I was just saying that 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 people are not moving there. But what about no? You know, uh, uh, in terms of value, you know. Well, nobody wants
2: to. Most people that really understands what's going on don't want to live in the snow. Yeah. You know, we don't like cold climates. You right. know. I so agree. We, we. That's why I'm here. <laughs> People exactly. People people will live in those places because that's all they know.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: But
2: then they started finding out about their friends and family moving down to Georgia, living mm-hmm. a great life. It don't matter. You know, I'll give up home ownership in, in, in Detroit to come rent me an apartment in Atlanta because of the weather is much better, if that mm-hmm. makes sense.
4: Mm-hmm. Now right. I
2: necessarily wouldn't want to rent, but I'm just saying the weather alone is a significant difference in in the quality of life, quality of living, you know. So you come out here and pick a, a nice area to grow, you know, get out of harm's way. But that's kind of difficult in this economy because most people, we got to overstand, find out where these corporations are going. You know, you think you're moving into a small town where it's affordable. Then you find out that Ford is going to put a battery plant and make a brand new electric truck out there. Mm-hmm. Then everything changed overnight. Right, you know the school system. They pull the money out the school system. Crime skyrocket real fast, and in, in an effort to push people out, you know, but it it, it it's just real deep. It's real deep. We pay, they playing real estate warfare out here, right? You know, and now we have this big movement. I've been pushing so long talking about economics. I've been successful. I got the trades back into Centennial High School that I graduated from in Compton. Mm-hmm. You know, they got a fully functional a uh, state of the art automotive class of which I'm trying to get black people to take the class. Now I thought just me going back in there and fighting to get it put in there was going to be good enough. But now I have figured out that black people we've been so brainwashed that they're telling in, in these schools, they're telling these kids mm-hmm. that if you don't go to college and get a four year degree, you're going to fail in life. And it's like now they are scared to take those trade classes. And that really, mm-hmm. that's dangerous. that's real dangerous language you know because that's not true that's not true at all so i look at how they connected the school system into if it's not college driven if it's not a college course in high school they're not going to even get funded that's how these schools these these high schools are getting kickbacks from these colleges to send the kids off to college you know if they don't Mm -hmm. send so many off they don't get they don't get as much money in this, in this government mo- uh, money that they usually give to these schools, if that makes sense. Right. So it's a lot, it's a lot of, uh, and then on the same note, I don't even know, how do we get to a point where we let the oppressor teach our kids? <laughs> you know, like,
1: well, but, you know, that's the thing, because we've been in this situation here, and and, and the message that we have been given, this is as much as ours as it is theirs, and so the school system itself should prepare us to be a part of this system. You know, so we have turned our our, our children over to that system, and then all that's ever done was prepare them for menial work or prison. You know,
2: exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, and I love it. I don't want to talk about it, make it seem like it's all doom and gloom, but I I love it. I, I I wrote my book, monetizing gentrification and building black ownership, and I've been successful with tapping into the homeschool the homeschoolers here in Georgia, which there's some big movements. You know. And man, I'm selling books and they got me coming out speaking and then it converted me into a teacher and, and it's just amazing. Like when I'm in town, can you come and teach on Wednesdays? And when you're in town, can can you sit down and do an online class on Fridays? And mm-hmm. and I'm like, Man, who'd I ever known? Yeah. <laughs>
4: Who, who'd I ever I'm
2: know? That I'm out now I'm teaching the things that I know. You know, mm-hmm. because of the right stuff on. that I know is very valuable.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So I got starting to Got kindergartners in here, brother that, that understands real estate. <laughs> mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm. You know,
2: you know, a funny thing, man, the funny the coolest I was at a brother's event the other day and the coolest compliment I got in a long time, man, is I was sitting there and this little eleven year old kid said Hey, I know you. I said, You know me, where you know me from? He said, You're that 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 real estate guy, you the one that says that the white people are coming and they're gonna take our houses and make us move away. And I said, wow! <laughs> he, he was really listening. <laughs> hey, I, I wasn't expecting. I thought so I thought I said, "Oh, are you but are you one of the homeschool classes?" He said, "No, I heard you speaking. You were at uh, such and such, and you were speaking, and that's what you said. Mm-hmm. I heard." And I mean, he knew exactly the thing, all that I was talking about, because that really hit home for him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wow!" Right that, that was a compliment to me. That that made my day right here, that this eleven year old he knew exactly what I was he knew what I was talking about.
1: Right on. You know, he, yeah. He,
2: and that was powerful because, you know, we thinking these young people, they was on their phones, they ain't paying attention. Right. Huh?
1: No, but, but hey, he some knew. are. Yeah, some are. This man's yeah, good. he got
2: it. So that that, that man, hopefully that affects his life to so where he gonna make some good decisions growing up. Yeah, you know, right. or help his parents to make some. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. when these children come home with some good language, that makes me
1: say,
2: oh, I listen to my daughter. When she starts saying stuff, I'll be like, where did you learn that from?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, well, I'm going to tell you, is it can it be so bad here for us, you know, in the coming years? My contention is it probably will be. and And really, we need to look at working with brothers and sisters on the continent, you know, for development, for affordable well, housing. See- and, 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 and developing infrastructure.
2: But well, see see we're 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 a little bit late to the party. Okay. You you've got the Chinese out there already. They yeah. loan every majority of these companies big money, a couple billion dollars or yeah. so. Yeah. Because, so they took these they've taken the control over these cities away from them and then in place they passed laws that say, hey, you can't you can you, you we you owe us that we taking that port right. from you, we
1: right. and we take port, and don't want you guys manufacturing anything here. Exactly. We See, I mean, manufacturing. let me tell so you, I that has to the- change. Excuse my expression, but fuck that. That has to change. No other country should come into other uh, other countries in Africa or the continent of Africa and and make these deals and dictate that that. I mean, the Chinese are talking about moving three hundred million people. 300 million people into Africa. That cannot yep. happen. The Chinese, I, yeah, I agree with you. I understand what you're saying because I've seen it firsthand. I, I, I've I, been to Ghana. I've been to other African countries, and I've seen it in Ghana. It's deep. You know, uh, uh, Ghana made it in, 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 in Ghana, in the northern part of Ghana, near the, uh, the town of Tamale, they built a road from Tamale to the um, um, game preserve, Moli Park. You know, but even deeper, they built a, a road off that road to a higher level where another resort, which they go to, you see, and a private that with a road and it's theirs. You know, just like and, they built China Mall in Ghana. Yep.
2: So we don't. We have to identify with what's really going on. Most people don't see. I'm an entrepreneur, so I recognize. Okay i recognize what's going on because you got to think about who 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 of us is going over there the majority of the people of us that's going over there are people who's re- who's retired got yeah. some type of retirement income right. coming in that's true. so they're the ones going over there so i'm going when i when they trying to convince me to go i was going but i wasn't going over there to be retired i was going over there because i want to manufacture stuff here. sure you know part parts manufacturer guys so i want to go and manufacture everything for my industry so I can make a profit off of it and create more businesses in in our communities. But when I got there, I started realizing they got all these laws on the books to keep people like me out. See what I'm saying? So I'm a real manufacturer. So I'm going over there. Like, can I get me a ten thousand, a hundred thousand square foot warehouse, gigafactory, or something? And I can get some CNC machines and teach these Africans how to manufacture all my products for for the classic car industry. And see, and they looking at me. like, man, that's when that language came up. And people looking, they like, I've been out here for 10, 15 years. I didn't know that.
1: But listen, but listen, but, brother, TJ, you should have got first preference for anybody. Absolutely. You should have got first preference if an African from anywhere else, whatever the other country comes back to Africa, comes back home to Africa and wants to build something for Africans in that, in that country, in those communities, they should have gotten first preference. This this madness is crazy. I think the problem is, of course, is that many Africans bought the idea. Kwame Nkrumah. that's why he was ousted. That's why Thomas Sankara was killed. That's why all these Africans, Patrice Lumumba, who talked about and who understood that Africa should be one, they got to get rid of them. Because we want all yep. these separate countries. I don't know if you ever heard this this Caucasian, this cracker named uh um Howard Nicholas. If you get a chance, TJ, go to YouTube and put in Howard Nicholas and listen to this man. Arrogance. What's he talking? He's talking about we must keep Africa poor. Africa must never be no, able to
2: I, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. Okay. You know you know you know what, I had a brother here, one of our scholars, right? Mm-hmm. and he was a friend of mine. I don't want to throw his name out, but hopefully y'all figure it out. He know who he is. But <laughs> this brother, one of our scholars, and we would speak at this this uh, this uh, warehouse. We would speak at one of our black events together, and I was honored to be sharing the stage with the brother until he got on there and started talking about the Chinese and developing Africa, and if we can't do it, I'm glad they doing it. What? And I'm like, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. This was like back in 2000 and... 16 or something. I'm like, hold on, brother. I'm a manufacturer. I've dealt with Chinese and they don't like us at all. At all. At all. Hard time with these cats, right? You do not want them moving into our neighborhood and and loaning us money. We do not want to do business with them. And man, my presentation just totally destroyed what he had to say. But he put up, it was like a Booker T and a Du Bois situation, right? Mm. And he was trying to push that whole idea—the Chinese is our friends and they helping us—and now because of the way I did that, he will not speak at that conference no more, because he knows the the gig is up. The what they the damage that they've done and created is all in it's everybody knows now.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So, like you said, they come up bringing three hundred million people over there, brother. I go, I give you, I need to make only one example, and let's talk about Egypt.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Ain't no
6: real black folks in there. They ain't right. in control
1: not a a damn thing in fact when kevin hart said the the ancient egyptians were black the 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 present day egyptians who are 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 are, are infiltrators who came with the arab movement across uh uh, the the northern of africa condemned him and 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 forbid him to come into africa come into kemet to do his program you know
2: yep because they know they didn't like that. Because you know, they, I look at with Brother Crazy, the great work he's been doing. I swear, Crazy, mm-hmm. and he's showing us they over there cutting noses and faces right. for the African countries right. and replacing right. them with theirs. So what's the long? See, they played the long game.
4: Mm-hmm. They
2: play, they in this playing the long game. They playing chess, not checkers, over there. And we gotta understand the long term effects of what they're doing. And now I hear somebody else said recently. They said there was another professor at a, a prestigious college or something. He's telling people that
6: uh, uh,
2: Africa was originally uh, owned by white people, and the Africans were the colonizers that came in and took it. So now they're mad that we're coming to take it back. What?
1: Huh? Who's saying, you know to... who saying this? Man, like, it's Negro like, you a saying social, this a
2: social media. Man, it is a professor. In his school, I got a link somewhere on my phone, man. You know, people send me all right. these dangerous. Yeah, messages. me
1: too. Yeah, you
2: know, and it's absolutely amazing. And that's one thing good about what we do and the great work you're doing, brother, because you mm-hmm. you getting the message out. And I'm a speaker; I get the message out. But we got to have people that know how, know what to do with the message. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. That I can go. I'm bouncing from state to state, telling people what's going on, mm-hmm. but. Let me tell you another thing, though. So I looked at these conferences, brother. I recently, maybe about five months ago, I spoke at the uh, Pan-African Global Trade Conference, right? And all of a sudden, they they wanted so much to partner with the city of Atlanta and all its official people out here. You know, I call them our 1% of people or whatever. And, you know, they had a list of African countries that they had invited to come out because they want to do trade with us, right? So one of the big politicians sent his representative over And all of a sudden, he dominated the whole conference. This dude spoke three times. And you know when he spoke, he never spoke about trade. He came in there and dominated the whole conference, spoke the majority of the time, and he talked about business classes. But what it was is he's a college person. And I don't want people thinking I'm picking on college, but I do want you to know that college has been weaponized against
4: us. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, Whereas it used to be the Bible that they took to Africa and said, this is it for y'all. This is what you got to learn. and Y'all will be good. Mm-hmm. But now they took the Bible. It's not the Bible anymore. It's college. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you look at the Africans, they they got something working for themselves. But, you know, doctor, lawyer, engineer are failures. So they come over here and they make up the wealthiest class of black people in America. They do. It's them.
1: It's them. You know what I'm saying? And they so, don't want to go back they don't want to go back to Africa. They don't want to go there. The skills that they've learned, wherever they learned them at in Europe, or here, and take that back. And then, or, or and many of them come together to conf, to 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 form a, a a group, a consortium, and do the business that is necessary to be done of building infrastructure, roads and highways, and hospitals, and and so forth and so on. Schools, you know.
2: They don't know. They got the money, but they don't have the knowledge. You know, so let's talk about that. Now, here's the Africans are coming here to America, and they want to do trade with us, but they're so brainwashed. No offense, my African family, but they have been brain where at first they were beat up with the Bible. Now they're beat up with education. Where I used to date a doctor, and she told me nobody's gonna want to hear me speak if I don't have my doctorate. You know, nobody's gonna <laughs> listen to me. Who's gonna listen? uneducated? Straight out. I said, oh, I'm writing a book now, and I'm going uh, to write my book. So they're going to teach it in school. And she looked at me with the most, like, dreadful face of, who's going to want to learn from a person that doesn't have education? Like, she was appalled. Like, mm-hmm. how dare you even consider doing something like that? Why mm-hmm. would you even think about writing a book to put into the schools? Like, like if she could, she would have block, blocked it, you know? Right. And then – I'm like, I'm trying to water down the education system with my non-educated self, you know? Even though I've, I've made millions of dollars, I'm a manufacturer, I'm an international businessman, shipping cars globally, manufacturing car parts, et cetera, et cetera. But I should not be even thinking about educating others. You mm-hmm. know, so that's, the, that's, the, that's the, uh, the mindset that we have coming from there. So now when they come to this conference, they're, looking at, they're only looking to hear from college-educated people, but they're saying, look, we have a problem, and we're trying to figure out how to fix it, so we know America has the smartest black people, and we're going to come over there and t- sit down at this conference and learn from those smart black people. So I looked at how they flooded it out with our college graduates didn't have not, no
4: no
1: experience right no knowledge no infrastructure no knowledge no, of
2: it no knowledge of what they were trying mm-hmm. to do or what they were trying to accomplish but then they pushed me all the way to the back and they allowed me to speak but i was the last speaker and when i tell you i totally it was just it was devastating the africans got up and endorsed me and said they was there, sleep the majority of the time but when I started talking, they, they woke up mm-hmm. because they heard me talking about the purpose of why they came here.
1: Right. Exactly. They didn't come
2: here for business classes. They didn't come here to learn about business from their college graduate family and friends that they love. They came here to talk to someone that can talk about infrastructure, that can give them some type of opportunity to do trade with us.
4: Mm-hmm. So when
2: I got up there, I say, look, my people spend a billion dollars a year on batteries for those lowriders. If you can, y'all make the batteries for us at this below this price, then we'll get them from y'all. My mm-hmm. people spend billion dollars a year on tires for these low riders. If you can make these tires, I can get you the
1: contract, see, I can
2: tell you how to sell them. We'll see,
1: buy them from you. And what's interesting about that is that the raw material is there, but if they manufacture it, would be. That's the thing. Right. That's the thing that cracker that I mentioned, uh, uh, Howard Nicholas. He's saying they must never. Ever be able to produce anything? Because we want the, those raw materials that they have, all those resources they have. We want them. We want to make the lithium batteries. We want to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do that, because they must be continue to be poor, so we can be rich. Exactly, exactly. Because they they are the entrepreneur.
2: Just like I do. A, I do this talk show on Friday with Judge Joe Brown. I'm, I'm
1: sure you're familiar. Oh with yeah. Them. Oh yeah.
2: That brother be using some, I love Judge, but that brother be using some dangerous language, man. So I have to go on there and battle it out. You know what I'm saying? It's like the, the, the fight of the year when, on Fridays with me and the judge. And he's like, man, don't nobody want no trades. And, and that's a trick. Like, they was trying to only get a trade to black people back when he was a kid. And I'm like, man, so he don't have want nothing to do with the trades. He don't want nothing to do with land and farming and he come out they got the greatest technology making food and all that i said judge so basically you don't like uh, you know you okay with the gmo modified food i'm mm-hmm. not you know what i'm saying you right. okay with having somebody else control your food i'm not no you know what i'm saying i want to no. be able to own my land and, and grow my own dinner in my backyard you mm-hmm. know because we've gotten to a point where if it ain't growing in my backyard i don't want it i hear because you i, I, I trust my people and myself, you know,
4: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I know you ethical and you understand, understand what's going on. So I'm going to support you. I'm not going to go to buy something from somebody that I can't even pronounce, you know, <laughs> this, this me, But my whole point was I listened to the brothers and the people who be on these talk shows, man, and, and the, the language they be using be dangerous. So I had to tell the brother, I said, man, you know, when slavery ended, the so-called slavery ended. Let me play by the, by your information, your level of information. You think slavery all black were slaves? Okay, let's let me play by your rules. Let's talk about it from your perspective. Mm-hmm. When slavery ended, more black people jumped up and started manufacturing yeah. things, and they had over five thousand black people patented, patented
1: it. refrigerators,
2: trains, right. train, train yes. braking systems. Uh, uh, ironing boards, irons, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There was over 5,000 patents.
4: Mm-hmm. That was
2: patented. I said, now, can you imagine what if all those black people that patented things, and what if their family still owned the rights to those patents? So now you've yeah. got Wolf and, and Sub-Zero and Viking people like that paying black people for the right to be able to make their refrigerator because they got all our parts in there. That mm-hmm. was our patent, So they got to give us a billion dollars a year just to make refrigerators, hypothetically speaking, you know, and the phone went silent, man. It was like he'd never, they never heard it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. I said, those were tradesmen right. that patented all those patents because they were manufacturers and they saw an opportunity just like me. When I started working on those classic cars, I learned how to weld. I learned how to pl- use a plasma cutter, use a torch, you know what I'm saying, use a screw gun, drills, etc. And the next thing you know, I said, man, I'm tired of ordering these parts from China. I'm gonna just make it myself. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of looking and for see, these parts. See, that's the thing,
1: parts. man. You know, we have been designated a permanent underclass. We have been de- designated as a consumer. Everybody yep. targets exactly. us. Everybody targets yep. us when 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 uh, Arabs because we have been that from the beginning. I mean, I shouldn't say that because we're not that from the beginning, but that started to transition. That started to transition uh, with us believing that integration would would be would be good for us as opposed to, you know, uh, having our own. But because when we try to have our own, look what happened. Look what happened to Rosewood. Look what happened to Tulsa. Look what happened to Lane, Arkansas. Look what happened uh, 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 to Allentown in Los Angeles. Look what happened to these places. You know, the Caucasian under the skies of any excuse and the usual excuse was some black accosted a white woman. Then they go into that community, vamp on that community, you know, tear it down, tear everything down or or steal, take, you know, and then get rid of us, kill us or whatever the case may be, you know?
2: Absolutely. Now, let's talk about some strategies, some things that we need to know about real quick. We we got some amazing opportunities going. I tell people now, if you want to be successful and be a part of all this growth and become wealthy and retire early in the next four to five years, put your children in the trades. Teach them about building houses, but not to go get a job, but to go start a business. Because you got people who hang in ceiling fans that's pulling in get getting getting major contracts with major hotels to come in there and hang fourteen thousand ceiling fans in these two or three hotels being built. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> You got people getting money like that, and then let's talk about uh, uh, what's going on in California, for example. You saw—I don't know if you followed in the news where the black family got their land
1: back and yeah. they had in Manhattan Beach. Country. Yeah, they got it back, and so, then they and then they sold it.
2: Well, they never really got it back. It never made it to their name, but they had always planned on selling it to the city. That was the deal. Okay, so that's something that to watch. That's something we need to watch because what we're doing is. We've never had, we've always had amazing situations where black people have owned valuable land, Mm
4: -hmm.
2: very Mm -hmm. valuable land. So put it like this. The easy land to get back is those little small parcels on the beachfront that really didn't hold. I mean, they're very expensive, but that's not really affecting nobody. So they'll give those little ones back. But by the time the lady, the family that say, I used to own downtown L.A., uh-huh. That was a black lady that owned downtown Los Angeles that they took from her. That was a black lady that owned Beverly Hills, California that they took from her. There was a black man that owned the Santa Monica Mountains that they took from him. Now, when we're talking about people like that, we're talking about people say, "Wait a minute, that oil well is that's mine. Mm-hmm. That that international airport that was my land."
1: So what did they so, you- so? So what did they do? They mm-hmm. use eminent domain, or did they just pay them? Yes. Paid them off. What happened?
2: No, they used they use eminent domain with some people and other people. They just outright stole it from them because back then you had to have a, a title.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, you had to have a deed. It's kind of like having a pink slip to a car that's paid off. So they had a, a, a deed, and you kept the deed in your house. You know, in your in your sure. safe or something. Right. And you literally got. I've seen stories where people literally came in and said the the Klansman came and knocked on the door and had their horses and all of that, and they, they torches. And they like, hey, give us the deed to this house, or we're going to burn this house down What y'all in it. And they went in there, and they gave them the deed. Next thing you know, they came back and kicked them off their land. And then all of a sudden, that became one of the biggest oil wells in the country. There's stories out here that exist just like that. So yeah, yeah. if you look up, there's another one. So I'm trying to go back to Santa Monica. I mean, trying to, going back to Manhattan Beach. Manhattan Beach was a roost to set the, set the trend of what was to come, meaning they knew there was a whole lot of lawsuits on the books that are pushing through the court system about stolen land and eminent domain land, you know what I'm saying, that they stole from black people and they want it back. But normally we could not get no publicity to get it to the mainstream media because nobody cares. They can stall you, stall you, stall you, if it never goes to the media, they can stall you out. But but mm-hmm. because we got social media now and we got TikTok, that's why they're at war with TikTok. They don't want us having TikTok mm-hmm. because TikTok is bringing too much publicity to the people that they don't want heard. Right. So now so now they decided to step up and say, OK, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give we they set that example with Manhattan Beach and say, OK, we just gonna give them 20 20 million dollars. Which you could not take that twenty million dollars and go buy no vacant lot on, on, on in Manhattan Beach. It was not enough to even buy it. you could not replace that land with the same thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? So that, that land was worth over hundred billion dollars. Yeah
1: the expenses. So of it now, now what
2: they're doing. So now as soon as that case cleared, now you hear about another one pops up in Santa Monica. Well guess what? The same similar thing where another black family had a hotel. You see what I'm saying? A black man had a hotel over there and they eminent domains. his hotel and tore it down. Now they got another hotel there called the Viceroy, which is a very expensive hotel family chain. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So they don't want, so they not, they, they, they doing this because the lady, if you pull that up, actually it's on my face, my Instagram page, that video I recorded it off the TV and it's on the news, but you can see it on my Instagram page, Thomas TJ Lawson. But long story short, the man, the lady said they're fighting to get that back or get paid. He said well, they don't want the land back; they just want the money, yeah. and that's what they want us to do. They right. don't just want, take us the money. To want the land back. Right? They want the money back. Yeah. So that's like Crump. That's like that attorney Crump. He don't want right. to put no cops in jail. Right. He just want to get the money. Right. That's, that's why. That's, that's
1: that's the problem I have with with uh, Crump, man. Because nothing yeah, changes. Exactly. He just takes the dollars. Ain't no, huh?
2: That, that that ain't helping us. You know no. what I'm saying? If he can you know, so anyway, getting back to the real estate, they want to pick up the crump style. They want to crump us, <laughs> I call it. <laughs> they want to crump us and just give us a few pennies yeah. and say, shut up, y'all got y'all y'all money. Right, now go on about so your so business. Mm-hmm. So that so now the lady the language that I have been waiting for is the sister said she has over this one attorney, keep in mind, one attorney says she has over 100 families that lawsuits that she have on her records that she's filing lawsuits against all these people who stolen land from us over the years. Wow. 100. I'm talking about – yeah. I, I ain't talking about regular land. I'm talking about valuable it, land.
1: Valuable land and I'm acres of it.
2: Football stadiums sit on this land. Baseball yeah. stadiums, hospitals, mm. schools sit on this stolen land. Airports sit on this stolen land. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Infrastructure worth billions of dollars sit on this stolen land. But they—that's why they—they they know they don't want to give that back. So they want to—they want to crump us,
4: right. you know? Gotta go to us, the
2: settlement, give us piece. a little, yeah, a pennies back, and make that the new trend of saying, "Hey, we're just gonna cast well, this, all y'all out. Don't worry." I
1: got a lot of callers, not a lot, uh, but a number of them that want to get in this conversation. So I'm going to open up the phone lines to the brothers and sisters who want to get in on this conversation. Uh, 646, 646, good afternoon. Yes, good afternoon,
6: oshi to you and your guests, man. Um, really enjoying you, brother. I mean, the things that you are saying is so important. I mean, when I tuned in, you were talking about the Chinese. Then you were talking about Joe Brown, and um, you know, the thing that it seems that none of these people are really about nationalism for African people, man. You know, they had a brother that was on the other day talking about the Chinese being an ally for black folks. I don't know where the hell the Chinese are an ally for African people when they're at the point now that they're impregnating African women to be able to claim the land. And, um, you know, the Africans are just going along with it, you know? Then you were talking about um, someone like yourself who's a manufacturer cannot be heard because you don't have a college degree, as they would say, or something of that nature, when you're the type of individual that could build up Africa. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that can take it to the to the next level just you know, alone by what you said of manufacturing a product, a battery or or, or something of that nature, bringing in economic stability. Um, you know. So you know, I don't I don't n- really know how do we move forward. When we have so many people in position that are really a hindrance to our development as as African people. Now, I think the lawyer that you're talking about um, that's doing these lawsuits, I think her name is Eva Martin. Now, now, check this out. Now, check this out. If that's who the lawyer is, peep this. She's a regular radio host on Tavis Smiley's um, radio station uh, out uh, in California. Okay, KB, KBLA, right. Right. Now, not, 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 not listen, you got to think about this and put it into context. Is she maybe another crump? Because I think Crump is one of the worst human beings in the world, as far as I'm concerned, for Black folks. Because he ain't really doing nothing but getting paid and helping his so-called cronies get paid, also, and, and I'll just peep game in dealing with, let's say, associates. Do you know? Now, this is something that I know for fact. Do you know that Al Sharpton's brother just pleaded guilty to selling drugs and tax evasion? Mind you, they all hang out with one another. His brother's done done his radio show. He's done Big Up Crump. You know he big up his brother and all the rest of these nefarious Negroes. Think about that. So... The reality is, yes, there's people out there doing things that we think are to legitimize our so-called position, but we really need to keep a close eye on them. Okay. Think about this. This guy is a reverend. He's a so-called radio host. He's a so-called chapter member of the National Action Network. He's also supposedly ahead of one of the chapters. He's, he's up in the higher echelons of the National Action Network, but he pleading guilty to tax evasion, which is something that his brother is notorious for, you know what I mean? But they just haven't put him in jail for it, and that's a fact. But also, this is the most egregious of it all, selling drugs.
2: I'd like to jump in there on that, brother. Let's talk about that. <laughs> you know, everybody, all these presidents, you got to remember who bought the drugs in here. The Bush family, Ronald, was it? The Bush family bought right, the drugs the in, here in the first place.
4: Yeah.
2: You see what I'm saying? But I'm going to tell you this, brother. Drug Crack cocaine is not the worst drug on the planet. No, sugar, is actually, the, sugar is actually the worst drug right. on the planet, brother so i look at it like this the drug dealers that sold drugs sold it to people who who wanted it who volunteered and wanted it said this is what they want to fix their situation or they hide whatever they wanted to do but the people who eat sugar don't necessarily know it's a drug they don't know that at all that this is this is the cause of cancer and diabetes and all this other stuff so they they're being killed so i look at well, I don't look bad down on the drug dealer because they they clientele is standing in line to buy because they want it. They know it brings damages, but I look down on the people who own the McDonald's and the the Burger Kings and all of those places because they killing their own people and they know
6: this food ain't no good. They but lying to us about capitalism.
4: But they say that's the
6: part of a capitalism yeah, so so I, that's growth. Yeah, so, is that so we
2: talking. If we talk about drugs, brother, we got to give the credit to the people who bought it in here, the Bush family, the Reagan family, you know Mm -hmm, what I'm saying? mm -hmm. Uh, Ronald Reagan in here talking about just say, got his wife out here talking about just say no to drugs, while her husband is working with Bush, Mm -hmm. the head of the CIA, who bringing the drugs in. You know, but we don't talk about them, but we talk about little Pookie on the corner. We're going to blame
6: our own. You know, we got to stop this talking about us. Let's talk about the people who did it. Hey, 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 brother. Hey brother, you know something? You say that it's Bush and you say that it's Reagan and all of them. It's even before them. It's even before them if you really if you really want to go and 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 share that blame on somebody, it's 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 Nixon,
1: it's it's well, we can go all you the way know, down the line. Hey, listen, we can Jay, go I got some other callers. Yeah, but the,
6: but the point of the matter is this: I agree with you say in regards to sugar. The question is, but you
1: also can say tobacco. You,
6: number one can give our people a pass, but I'll even do you better. How do we get people to understand what you just said in regards to sugar? okay let's let's cut let's not even talk about the drugs and all of that, the crops and the rest of that. How do we get people to understand the simplicity of what you said about
4: sugar?
2: Well, it, it starts with my good brother who invited me on his show, giving me a platform to share my knowledge, not mm-hmm. you know, and, and people like you to come on and and you heard it. it made sense to you. And you you agree so that that mm-hmm. makes sense, brother. And now you got other people listening and say, "Wow, I did not know that."
4: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, what but, saying? I mean, but unlike other radio, we got other radio shows. I'm under, I go under attack real fast. You know, what I'm saying, "Oh, that's not true. That's some BS." And that you know, I know the drug dealers that killed off. You know, and next thing you know, we we not making no progress here. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, now people are learning. So it takes for people like yourself, brother, and I appreciate you again for giving me the opportunity
6: to share this
2: knowledge.
1: Uh, no no doubt about it, TJ. Hey, listen, Jay, we, Jay we got some other callers, so brother. Let
6: me, let me just say Go this ahead, last bro. thing to him, O.C. You know something, brother? We know it, but the thing is we don't want to accept it. 90% of the people that you're talking about know that sugar is no good for them but they just can't kick the habit. But thank you very much for what uh, you're saying, man. I got to check you out on Instagram. And um, I'm really enjoying what, you, what you're what doing, and I hope you much yep. success, my brother. Thank you, brother. Go to my
2: website, get a copy of my book, tjlofton.com, Monetizing Gentrification.
1: tjlofton.com, family. TJ- Thanks, Jay. Everybody,
2: order a All copy right. of that book. Yep. I dropped a lot of solutions and strategies in that book for my family. And it was way ahead of its time.
1: All right, we got another caller, four four three four four three. Good afternoon.
0: boss you thank you for taking my call. Hello to the guests. Uh, brother, Greetings. you you spitting mutton but knowledge, man. Um, look, in I'm I'm in Baltimore. There was a headline in Baltimore about they're finally going to uh tear down the highway to nowhere to nowhere. There was a about 40 years ago, maybe thirty or forty years ago, they built a a highway. It's like the four lanes going from the county to the city, but it stopped. And it never went any further. My aunt, they intimate, intimately domained her house and a bunch of other black people, mostly all black people, took their houses from them to build this highway. It never went anywhere. It's right in the middle of the city. Now they're going to tear it down 40 years later. And I'm saying that was wrong. I mean, I remember she had to, she had to move and they took her house. And so now this sounds just like what you're talking about with the people on the beach and uh, they can sue and we, they should be compensated for that because they, they said they were going to build a parking and in in, out on, on the beaches. And here they built nothing. It was just the highway set there for years. And now um, they're going to tear it down, you know? So I think that that's a case that they can come and get the money. Brother, I agree with you a hundred percent on, on, um, Crump, on what Crump is doing, but I don't talk basically about people. I talk about ideas. Because I think that you're on to something. The, the trade, all the things that you were talking about, I've heard before, uh, where they take the trades out of the school to dumb the children down to make them believe that a psychology degree can make them some money. And right. when when actually you can make more money um, doing woodwork or more money putting brakes on, some, on a car. Oh, being an electrician so, or brother, a carpenter, yeah. Oh, electrician, come on, brother. You are right yeah. on point with what you're saying, and I understand it. And and you and you're absolutely right about people listening because people, a lot of people, not a lot of people, but people that I listen to are saying the exact same thing that you're saying, and we are making progress. We are uh, do, and you're absolutely right. When when you take away the TikTok, you take away a microphone. What happens? Therefore. Everybody got a microphone now from TikTok yep. to YouTube, and they're trying to say, oh, it's China listening to us. No, it's not China. It's the United States government listening to you. You know it, not knowing.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. So,
0: but and and you know, I've heard this thing about sugar. that's more addicted than cocaine. Addicted than cocaine. I've heard that for years. But you yep. look at the soy and the sugar that's in your food, the genetically modified foolishness, and and we're gaining weight. I mean, I I work out every day, but when you eat, there's soy in everything. What what type of soy are we talking about? You know. So and the sugar. I'm telling you, brother, you're right on point with sugar. Sugar is in ketchup,
6: brother. Yep. It large about, you, large <laughs> large now, Sugar is been everything that Large amounts. Large amounts.
1: Sugar is addictive. Yes. Sugar is addictive. That is right. one of the most the, addictive. But so the other things, so, but listen, but so the other things that this society has promoted alcohol, tobacco, yep. and, and of yep. course, uh, prescription drugs. Prescription oh drugs. You know, we ain't talking about see before you, everybody was hung up on the, uh, quote, illegal drugs, street drugs. Right. So to speak. Right. You know, but the reality is it is those people in the society, the big pharma. That's why it was interesting what happened to Purdue Pharma, you know, and the opioid mm-hmm. crisis. And of course, they went after him because why opioids were hurting Caucasians more than they were hurting anybody. You know, exactly. but because so, uh, because when it was a crack cocaine, exactly. man, they had the opportunity to, to imprison us while white folks were steady snorting, you know. But when we did right. what we did, we were, you know, vilified and imprisoned, you know. But I tell you, man, it, <laughs> this is <an> interesting conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really I, look, is. before I go, brother, I want to tell you quickly I'm going to buy your book. Actually, I'm going to buy more than one copy of your book. I mean that, and I'm going to disseminate it uh, to uh, friends and family and, and people who I believe that are li- of like-minded as I, as I am. I'm telling you, brother, I learned more after I got out of high school than I learned when I was oh, yeah. in high school. Oh, yeah, definitely I, will. I learned yeah. more from, from people than I learned from teachers because the people are the teachers. You know, mm-hmm. the, I, don't, I don't care what you know until I know that you care. So when oh, I'm looking at these wrong. brothers and, and and I know they got my back, I'm gonna listen to these brothers. And and you don't live to be old being a fool. There's no old fools now. A lot of them have been killed, but you don't live to be old being stupid. Cause stupid, it's hard. Life is hard, but it's a lot harder when you're stupid and you're not listening. Mm-hmm. And that's what I that's what I'm doing with this show. I'm shutting my mouth and I'm listening. And and I don't believe a damn thing you say. I research it for myself. Amen. Yeah. amen just means you agree <laughs>
4: i,
1: no, no.
0: I, re, I no, look no. At, i look it up myself brother and, I, and and when i find out that you ain't lying that just builds my respect for you brother keep doing what you're yeah. doing i got your back yeah. all we have is all we need that's right
1: thank you brother thank you brother thank you i
2: tell people i tell people all the time all i'm doing is dropping topic talking point for you to go research most people don't know about the things that I bring up, so won't you take that and Google it instead of challenging me? That's what mm-hmm. I tell people. I can always tell a person who ain't interested in a, a solution or a strategy because they're going to challenge me where it's too easy to Google it. Mm-hmm. Let's look this
6: up and see if it's
1: true. Go ahead, brother. Well, listen, brothers and sisters, you can join this conversation by dialing 215-490-9832. We still have a number of you who are in the queue. Hit star twice. Hit star twice and you can be on with Brother T.J. Lofton. Brother T.J. You know, Lofton, appreciate most, you, man. This has been
2: a good program. Most, appreciate it. The most revolutionary thing I think I've ever did, brother, was went and sat down in front of a school and and taught the young people the things that I've learned over my 51, 52 years, you know? Mm-hmm. And then second revolutionary thing I ever did was wrote a book about it. Right and on. Said, here, this is what y'all need to know about the future because this, this book represents the long game. This mm-hmm. book is nothing but chess game, chess moves right here. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is what the – I'm talking – this book is for, from the future. You know what I'm saying? We take my book into small communities and they find out what happened in California and it's about to happen in South Carolina. Man, you got a head start on what to do to go get in position. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was talking about in my book. I was talking about people living in RVs was affordable living and people can live at the beach and all of that stuff on their boats is more affordable than living in some of these cities. And, man, people looking at that right now, years later, I got people saying, man, I wish I would have did that because you wrote I didn't know you wrote that stuff in your book. Mm -hmm. I have people all the time say, man, I just read that book you sold me two years ago. I'm like, you just now read it? They said, man, if I would have read it, I would have (laughs) been knew what to do. I didn't know you put all the solutions in the book.
6: I said I told you they was in the book. I I appreciate the support, but I really appreciate it if you read it because if you read it, somebody gonna have a problem around you that you could tell them, hey, you should do this. You know what I mean?
4: This mm-hmm. is the
2: solution. You can't you can't find a house, but you definitely afford to build one. You can't afford to buy a house, but you definitely can afford to build one with some land. And they like we need people need to know that. That's why I wrote the book. So that's why we put it in. I appreciate the brothers you guys saying you're going to buy a bunch of them because that's why I wrote it for the schools so that they can get it and teach to, the, to all these babies so that they won't be sitting there bel- mad at uh, Biden for a bailout, asking for a bailout on student loans. Like we shouldn't even be having problems like that. We done already
6: created the wheel. Why are they out here trying to make one?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's already there, man. I'm telling you. Yeah.
6: communication all
2: it take is communication you know
1: mm-hmm.
2: once we realize what and, and that's what makes my conversation easier now i can talk because now all the stuff i'm talking about is in the news yeah but before it was now it's funny people thinking well he, he must have got that off the news no i've been talking about this since 2007 what was coming down the pipeline you mm-hmm. know
4: mm-hmm.
2: way back in the days. you know i was involved in some situations in los angeles where when when uh They knew Elon Musk was coming into L.A. because he came in 2002 or something like that. When did he come out there? 2012, I think. I lost my thoughts. But he came out there in 2012. Yeah, yeah, no, 2002, because in in the early 90s is when I was running my business. I was there in 91, and by 2002, he moved in, and all of a sudden, the city started changing everything. So they decided to give money to uh, Section 8 and move, give them some money, and move the black people who lived in L.A., which say, let's say, for example, Atlanta, they wanted to give the black people uh, that live near the airport money to move an hour and a half away from the airport out into a city called Palmdale, California, mm. and I looked at them. I had houses rented out on Section 8, and then all of a sudden, they, the, the, where they were giving me $1,500 a month, all of a sudden they dropped it to where we can only give you $900. i am like, how are you going to? Give nine hundred dollars, but then all my tenants jumps up and moves to the Antelope Valley because where they was only paying sixteen hundred in the Antelope Valley, all of a sudden it doubled and went to twenty eight hundred.
5: You know, like I got houses,
2: man. I'm trying to rent out, and I know I can't put it on Section Eight because they don't pay for sixteen hundred. But all of a sudden, I get a twenty eight hundred voucher from a young lady, and I said, man, they are relocating all these people. And next thing you know, it, right. that's a whole week. You can look up the Antelope Valley Section 8 scandal, and my name is all over that. You know what I'm saying? I was a part of that. I was right there. I was the one who told the mayor that this is about to be Section 8 capital. But if y'all look that up, if your readers want to Google Section 8 scandal, Antelope Valley Section 8 scandal, that is a crazy situation where the sheriff's department attached. The city was trying to fight back from all the uh, L.A. moving all its Section 8 people up there. So the city decides to attach the sheriff's department to Section 8 and go in there and kick the doors in of all these females' houses and start taking their children from them and taking the parents to jail and taking the fathers to jail because he wasn't supposed to be there. So now they put putting kids in foster homes and all of that, putting them into social services and all of that because of Section 8.
4: Talking mm-hmm.
2: about that her father, the kid's father shouldn't have been there. He's a, he'll, he's illegal. That division of the divide the family through getting Section Eight stuff. You mm. know, now we got people got their third strike because they was at home with their children. Mm. At the, with they, family. they on this third strike. He's doing life in prison because he was at home and that was his only crime. He was not supposed to be there because that was a Section Eight house. You know, Damn. it's stuff like that.
4: But Man. this is
2: it's just we've been at real estate warfare for years. Mm. But I tell people I write about this kind of stuff when I come and speak. I'm not just speaking, oh, TJ, somehow I didn't got categorized into he's a real estate guy. No, I'm not a real estate speaker. I'm not a guy going to come in here and teach you how, I, he must got a real estate license trying to sell a house. No, I'm not that guy. I'm a real estate <laughs> battleground kind of guy.
4: Right I have <laughs> been through the trenches
2: of warfare with this real estate, and I'm mm-hmm. seeing how they trying to, what they doing to us, you know? Mm-hmm. Sitting there going into these schools and, and nobody's even talking about home ownership. It's like, you know, they come up with this, This remember that slogan they said, own nothing but control everything? Remember mm-hmm. that stuff, that, that mm-hmm. stupidity? Yeah. I'm like, man, i tell you what. Y'all come, I'm going to own everything, and y'all come rent everything from me, and y'all can control it. But as soon as that lease <laughs> yeah. is up,
6: as soon as that lease is up, I'm kicking all your asses out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'll be like,
2: man, control that. All, this stuff, all this stuff these people be talking about is flawed. Just like I did a panel discussion. Matter of fact, this weekend, if you're in Atlanta, they book they brought me in to speak at the Black College Expo because in 2015 they realized that 74% of college graduates graduates was unemployed or underemployed, and I came back in 17, it was at 93%. Yeah. So where do you think we at now? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So so they brought me in to come in and talk about entrepreneurship. So I was just in L.A. maybe a month ago at the L.A. Black College Expo at the like Convention Center. And there was a brother sitting on the panel discussion of Booming Careers talking about the direction of our people. And he owned a McDonald's franchise. He had a few McDonald's, probably about 10 or 12 McDonald's. So they was pumping this brother up. And he the world was a bit, he's just a man because he works, he owns a McDonald's franchise. So I sat there in that, on that panel, same panel discussion. And I had to sit there and say, you know what? I said, let's talk about cooperative economics. And do you know that brother put his head down? Because he already knew where I was going. I said cooperative economics. We, we Let's talk about what does ownership really look like, y'all. Because owning a McDonald's or owning a Burger King, Jack-in-the-box Taco Bell, owning a white franchise, you do not own it. Right. That is theirs. You're is just there. babysitting. You're a high-paid employee. No offense because to you can't, anybody. Anything. Because you
1: can't do anything that you may want to do. You have to right. uh, adhere to the dictates of the corporation. That damn hamburger right. better taste like the hamburger of uh of what's his name's McDonald's down the street. Otherwise, we taking your McDonald's. That's a fact. Uh, or even worse, even even worse is what people don't realize is,
2: is your daddy may own that McDonald's, but when he turned around and get ready to retire, he can't leave it to his children. Mm-hmm. There is no generational wealth involved in owning somebody else's franchise. Now yeah. if you and if you got a booming franchise, like it may start off as the hood, but now that it's being gentrified, now that store is one of the highest grossing stores because of gentrification, mm-hmm. hypothetically speaking. Now you best believe that now when it's time for you to retire, you ain't gonna be able to go train your kids up and run them through the McDonalds corporation. You won't have somebody Chinese that wants that store. Mm.
1: Well listen, you I got and- I gotta get this caller in. He's a brother from the UK. Brother Paul, and I, I'm quite sure he's been listening and has some something to say to you, Brother TJ. Hold on.
5: Appreciate sure. it, brother.
1: Br- brother Paul, are you there?
5: Thank you, Baba Ochi, for taking my call and giving me an opportunity to speak to the most important people on the planet. I hear you. Okay, brother. to
1: brother. Too, brother.
5: <laughs>
1: yeah, this is Brother Baba TJ. Ochi. This is Brother TJ Lofton. He is a economic futurist. He's been involved in a lot of things. I'm quite sure. Has you been listening? And uh, and it's a very very serious, brother man. Let's so go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah,
5: Paul. Um, Baba, Baba Ochi. Yes. I, I just say good morning to your guest, and uh, I have been listening attentively. But I'd like to ask him.
1: A uh, brother Paul, you're breaking up on us, man.
5: Something he's. He said that. Uh, yeah. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Can you hear me, Baboju? I can
1: hear you. Go ahead.
5: Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, your guest. I want. Uh, he said something quite profound. He said uh, the reason why the American government is going after TikTok is because of uh, the, the truth being able to be um, released. And I think he's absolutely on point. But um, you know, let me ask him this: with the introduction of Uh, central bank digital currencies, or CBDCs, as they refer to. Uh, What does he think, or or how does he see the uh, African-American on the ground being able to uh, deal with that? What do you think is going to be the effects of the central banks and the other banks introducing the CBDCs? That's going to eliminate
2: people. I don't want to say eliminate me but that's going to make it very difficult for for me to do business or people like me to do business, meaning they're going to control the money. I don't want to never be in a situation where they can flip a switch and turn my money off, if that makes sense. That's a terrible idea. That that is That is nothing but control. This whole thing about digital currency, that is all about control. So, for example, if I didn't want to take that jab like I didn't, so all of a sudden, they get mad and flip turn off your money. You know what I mean? So now they're talking about rolling us into this newer internet, you know what I'm saying, this meta. That's even worse. That's that's all about control. Where I, I watched them fighting over, uh, it was Bill Gates and Steve Jobs was fighting to stop internet neutrality. They call it net neutrality. Right. And once Steve Jobs died, Bill Gates released it. But what happened was, Bill Gates and Steve Jobs knew that eventually they're going to monetize this thing and take control, but they didn't want it to happen too soon. So they fought. They knew if they let America come in and tax it and mess with the Internet that people wasn't going to get involved with it now. Like right now, everybody's addicted to it. Everybody, we can't even move around without being on the Internet. Instead of waking up and meditating in the morning, I wake up and check my TikTok first, you know, then I meditate. That's, That's backwards, you know. But my point is we're so addicted to this social media now, this Internet, but it boils down to that now that they've got us, now they're going to say in order to use the Internet, you have to have digital currency. Well, if now we have to have digital currency, they, they're already using language saying that people who think like me is a problem. People who think, you know, these people, these pan-African people, these ADOS, these these all these different organizations of free thinking, think free thinkers, they are a problem. So if we're a problem and if they can pass the law, then they can flip that switch and turn your money off because they just proved that, oh, these people are a problem. So we want to deactivate them and unplug them from getting food, from buying water, from paying for rent or from paying for mortgage. So I recommend my personal opinion. I don't ever want to be in a situation where somebody could turn my money off. So I would like, in fact, matter of fact, I see, I see right now, the credit card companies are paying restaurants to only take credit cards. Right. They are paying them. Yes. Right. They, want to, they are paying these bigger restaurants, bigger businesses. Mm-hmm. If you stop taking cash, we will pay hey, you. So mm-hmm. if we stop only. That's why I, I don't like the rappers, these new age rappers. But what I do like about the rappers is I like the fact that they're going into the bank and they withdrawing this large amount of money so that they can sit there and hold it on their phone on their ear (laughs) and they rap videos you know so I I appreciate them doing that because that keeps us wanting cash
4: yeah
2: everybody feels like I got to be able to show you that I got some money look at this wide of cash but that helps us actually that's actually helping us because as long as we're doing that and there's a demand for cash we're going to keep they're going to keep printing it but Mm -hmm. as soon as they can convince us that we don't need cash anymore that's when you're going to start hearing about people being wiped out just like you got A lot of my public speaking brothers, all of a sudden, they pulled the plug on their social media following, and now they no longer have a voice. Mm. You see what I'm saying? They don't know how Marcus Garvey did it back in the day, but they know that they can can get them a huge social media following. But they don't know the blueprints of Marcus Garvey and how Malcolm X, how we got things done. So I'm Mm. telling us already, let's keep our cash. I know stuff's going to cost more. They say, oh, this dollar is worth nothing. It ain't worth nothing. Well, that dollar does have some value. The, just like when I used to sell these cars, the cars used to cost 30000 but now them cars cost up to 200000 because because the, the value of the dollar is down.
4: Mm-hmm. So
2: the wow. lower the value of the dollar goes, the higher the value of stuff and things costs, the more dollars you're going to need. But anyway, bro, I don't want to make it too long, but no, I don't like it. I don't like the digital currency. I, don't, I do not like that because you can't control it. You don't know where your money is. You lose your password, you in trouble.
1: Brother Paul now, you, got... You,
2: got, you already got people stealing money off of your credit card. Someone mm-hmm. just told me yesterday they stole her phone. They somebody still recreated her. They took my friend and took recreate took her no T Mobile, the phone company. They sold her information through that big old scandal they recently had. And now they went and recreated a whole new her and they locked her out. Now she's the uh, the, the the illegal person. She can't even access her own money because somebody then stole her profile and cre- recreated a brand new her. Now she's the imposter man, trying to get her own money. Crazy, she's got to prove who she crazy. is. So now you tell me you want to make it all digital? That man, mm. no, nah, I don't. Never want. I, I don't want to be out of a situation where I can't have my money buried in the backyard or <laughs> under my pillow somewhere. Yeah, you know, I, I ain't. Brother, that's losing control right there, brother. I hope I answered the question, brother.
5: Brother Paul. <laughs> But, but uh, I'm, I appreciate your answer. Uh, absolutely on point. Um, the only thing I would say is, uh, you know, I, you know, I, for, you mentioned net neutrality and I, and I guess most people don't know what you're talking about when you mention that, but I found that very profound as well. I have to say that honestly, because uh, let, let me explain it this way. I, I found in from the UK as, as you've, you, you've been uh, alluded to, to, and, uh, the point is you can't you can't actually access this. Uh, it doesn't go out the normal way. It's been blocked. Most stations now african uh, African uh, American radio stations who have something to say are actually blocked outside of yep. America. Um, yep. and and uh, I have to actually use a VPN. And jump over all sorts of hoops to actually listen, but that's part of the net new. That is actually part of exactly what you're talking about. Which yep. even the the broadcasters, I've I've had discussions with technical teams on your side of the pond, and they had no idea that the signal wasn't actually coming out of America, and that is to do with net neutrality. I know that because I've been following it, and you're absolutely on point, and it, it, it's 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 rewar- rewarding that you actually know, because most people don't know that. The other thing is that uh, my, my problem is this. They they have introduced digital currency. It's live.
1: Hello? Brother Paul, well, listen, Brother TJ, uh, yes. give us some closing remarks, man, because I'm up against the clock.
2: Oh, well, uh, again, brother, you greatly appreciate, appreciated. Appreciate it for the opportun- allowing me the opportunity to share on your amazing platform and keep doing the great work you do. But if your followers are interested in getting a copy of my book or booking me, they can go to my website at tjlofton.com, not on Amazon, but tjlofton.com, that's L-O-F-T-I-N, or they can reach out and call me at air code 310-619-3954. Again, 310-619-3954. And please follow me on all my social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh not Twitter,
1: but YouTube, but TikTok. TikTok. At all right. Thomas
2: T. Lofton. Thomas TJ Lofton. L-O-F T-I-N.
1: Well, listen, my brother, we we'll hope to have you on again soon, okay? Definitely. Okay, I appreciate you, brother. tell us to get a copy t- of that book now. I sure will. Brothers and sisters, Thank we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do it out, and they sure the hell don't want to pay for Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. hotel means go in peace. sante Sana means thank you. Bibi Fahadie, Bibi means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will Be victorious. See you on Friday. Peace, family.